0: Hello, hello friends, welcome to another episode of Rookie Mistakes, episode 27. We are nine days away from Christmas, and I hope everyone has been playing their Michael Buble Christmas album. As promised, today's episode is going to be another travel guide. This one's going to be on Budapest. Initially, when I had started planning my travels, Budapest wasn't even a city that was on my radar. When I was in Prague, I actually met some people, and they had mentioned how great Budapest was. They really enjoyed their time there. So I figured that I would go there at some point. It was always in the back of my mind. And then I was starting to get sick of traveling from city to city. I was going from country to country every five days or so. And I decided to go to Budapest. When I got there, I liked it a lot. And so I thought, what the hell, I'll stay here for three weeks So I was there a long time. I have a lot of information on this city. One of my favorite cities I've ever been. It's the hidden gem of Europe, in my opinion. Not many people know about it. Not many people go there. Prague and Budapest are both very similar places. But I think if you had to choose one, I would definitely visit Budapest because it's a lot cheaper. Way less tourists. The food's a lot better. There's a lot to see, just like there is in Prague, and nightlife is also very good in Budapest, which is one of the things Prague is known for. Probably the least amount of tourists, actually, that I've ever seen in a country that I've visited so far. So for me, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, that's always a big plus for me. The first thing I thought I'd start talking about as far as the pronunciation goes for Budapest, most people you'll meet will say Budapest, but the correct pronunciation is Budapest. So there's an H in there. That's how the Hungarians pronounce it. If you're in Budapest, you're going to hear that pronounced that way from Hungarians. So Just keep that in mind. I tend to say Budapest just because I know most of the people I meet are going to say that as well, but if I was in Hungary and I was visiting Budapest again, I would just say Budapest, so bear that in mind if you end up going there. As I always start out with, we are going to talk about the food The food was surprisingly amazing in Budapest. There was a lot of international influence, which was surprising to me. Every single place I went to was affordable. It was good. Every place had a lot of of reviews at least four out of five stars you can't go wrong with any of these places I'm going to mention I'm going to give you a lot of places because I figured if you're thinking about going there I can at least give you my thoughts on that place maybe you find a place and I happen to talk about it so then you get a little firsthand account of what it was like and then also if you're going to be there for a while like I was these are all places you can eat the last three I'm going to mention are going to be the places that I think you absolutely have to go to these other ones are obviously good as well, but you must go to these these last three I'm going to talk about. So to start off, if you're looking for a traditional Hungarian meal, there's this place called the Drum Cafe Budapest, and this is a very popular place to get Hungarian food. I went to a few different Hungarian restaurants, and this one by far was the best, so I would go here if you want to... Get the Hungarian cuisine. Hungarian food is a lot of goulash. What that basically is, think of stew. So it's beef goulash. And then they have chicken paprika, which is chicken in some sort of sauce. It does taste like paprika, but it is creamy as well. That's super popular. And then they have... A lot of things with sour cream, which I'm personally not a fan of. But a lot of people seem to like that. When you when you go there, you see a lot of people eating all these different types of foods with the sour cream on them. So what I got at this place was the beef goulash. I think I ended up going here my first or second day in Budapest. Really good food, cheap. They have Wi-Fi available as well, which is always nice. Not all the places in Budapest have free Wi-Fi if I remember correctly. There's also a little bit of Russian influence at this restaurant, so there are some Russian dishes you can get as well if you happen to be Russian. The next place I'd recommend, definitely check this one out. It's called Bors Gastro Bar, that's B-O-R-S. And this place is Panini's and Soup. It's really simple, it's small, there's not really any seats inside the restaurant. Most of the people will just eat outside. Definitely something you can take on the go as you're walking and eat. This place, for whatever reasons, ridiculously popular. There's five out of five stars on TripAdvisor, almost 3,000 reviews. Google Reviews has over 2,000 reviews. It's 4.8. There's all different kinds of paninis, and then they have a few different soups. Pretty good portions. I felt full after eating it. It's ridiculously cheap. I don't know if what I wrote down was correct in my notes when I was there, but I wrote down five twenty dollars for how much it costs. So to get a panini and a soup for that much money, that's... Hard to come by, especially when it's good food. It is cash only, so keep that in mind. You're gonna have to have cash. What I got at the restaurant was the USA barbecue sandwich, hashtag America, and then the chicken and black olive soup. Can't go wrong with either of those things. The soup had a ton of chicken in it, so that's why I think it was so filling, which I really enjoyed. If you're feeling a little bit dangerous, you know, feeling a little rambunctious, maybe you can even dip the sandwich in the soup. While you're going, I don't know if you're going to be able to walk into that at the same time, but I'm sure that tastes great as well. The next place I'd recommend, this place is popular if you want Greek food. It's called Kirkyra Gyros Greek Food Bar. That's K-E-R-K-Y-R-A and then Gyros is G-Y-R-O-S. This place is pretty good. I didn't think it deserved 4.7 stars, but if you want Greek food, this is the spot to go I didn't actually get a gyros either, which is my own fault when I was there. I went late at night, so they were out of lamb, which is my favorite. So I had to get chicken. And then I didn't really know what was going on. I was kind of in over my head because none of them spoke English. And that was one of the days in my initial time there so I was trying to get my bearings still and I ended up just getting a plate of chicken and you know rice and these other sauces which are weird I never had anything like that before with Greek food so it was an experience to say the least the next place i'd recommend attaboy street food this is a burger and fries place i went by here three different times and it was closed so i was really hyped to go here and i finally did get the opportunity i guess fourth time is the charm for this one i'd recommend you get the shrimp burger pretty solid that's a burger place if you are craving a burger next We have the Pad Thai place. As you can see here, there's a theme. There's all these different international restaurants. So if you're craving something, you can get it. This place is called Pad Thai Walk Bar, W-O-K, Bar. There's two of these restaurants in the city center. It's a very quick place to go. You're probably gonna wanna go here for lunch. You choose the sauce and the different vegetables you want with your pad thai. So there's all these different types of sauces. You get different styles of pad thai, which is something unique I've never really seen before. And then you can choose from mushrooms or other assortments of vegetables. What you do is you just order at the counter. You get a number. Your number gets called. You pick your food up. You eat it. Free Wi-Fi. It's quick. Nice interior. And I would get a side of rice as well so you will get full. That's what I recommend. It's a pretty good portion of pad thai, so I was happy. But adding in the rice just, oh, it made it just the perfect amount of food. Next place, if you are craving a bagel, this place I think is good for breakfast or a quick lunch. It's called Inez, I-N-E-Z Bagel Shop. They have cream cheese bagels. They have coffee. You can get a smoked salmon bagel. You can get a turkey and cheese with lettuce, bagel. I think they have ham and cheese bagels as well. All different kinds of bagel sandwiches. If you want Japanese food, this place is called Komachi Bistro. K-O-M-A-C-H-I. I have the tonkatsu curry here, one of my favorite meals of all time. I enjoyed it. It did have that more traditional like japanese feel to it. The food tasted pretty authentic. The rice was really good, which is I think always a good indicator if, if a japanese restaurant is good or not. Like how good is their rice? It did taste like it was from japan. It ha- was more sticky than what you can sometimes get in the US. They also have udon, they have ramen, tempura, all the, you know, the common japanese dishes. So if you're craving some japanese food, check that place out. Now these next three, these are the must tries. If you're gonna go anywhere out of these places I'm talking about, you need to go to these three. So the first place, this one is called Mazel Tov and it's an Israeli restaurant. I recommend going right when it opens during the week. I went at that time on maybe a Wednesday and there was absolutely no one there. I was the only one there, which was nice. And this place is so beautiful on the inside. It's such a beautiful space. It's really unique. And it's something that I have never really experienced, I don't think, at a restaurant. What it is, is you walk into this restaurant and obviously it's inside. But as you go further back into the restaurant, you're outside, but there's a huge tent covering over the top. And it's not like a tent. I don't even know how to explain it, but you're outside, but you're not, like you're still inside, but it's got more of like a garden feel to it. And then it's got this... These just beautiful flowers, then looking like when you're looking back towards the entrance and there's the bar on the right hand side of the restaurant. It's a really great place to go for an Instagram photo. Getting a picture of the space would be, I think, a great photo to have. That's why I think it's better to go at the beginning of the day because you get to actually get a photo with no one in it, or if you want the people in it to give it more of a uh, warm feel, then go whenever. But not only is the space beautiful, but The food's really good as well. I got a quinoa salad, sweet potato fries, and then a chicken pita wrap and cheesecake for dessert. Food was very good. It is one of the more pricey places in Budapest that I went to, but it's nothing outrageous. It's just, you know, like Budapest, like everything's cheap. And then this place was just more normal pricing of like what you would expect at most restaurants that are nicer. So nothing outrageous, definitely go here. They do have wi-fi i feel like everywhere i'm saying so far is wi-fi and i said that not a lot of places have wi-fi but every place i've said so far i think has had wi-fi so maybe i'm just finding all the wi-fi places or i'm just completely wrong about there not being wi-fi everywhere the next place hummus bar once again another israeli restaurant and this one is a chain i don't even know how many times i went to this restaurant since I was there for three weeks, this was the place I ate at the most. This is where I fell in love with hummus. I probably ate at six of the restaurants and there are 14 of them throughout Budapest. So this is a place I think you have to go if you are a hummus fan. I dream of going back to this place just so I can have the hummus. It was so delicious and hummus just isn't the same to me. Like everywhere I go, I always look for places where I can get hummus and It's just nothing really compares to this hummus at Hummus Bar. I haven't found anything yet that really just satisfies me like it did at Hummus Bar. So keep that in mind. They also have salads. There's different hummus plates. They have chicken, falafel, french fries, rice, shakshuka, pita, and laffa. Another thing I should mention, which is kind of weird, I think, because there's all these different restaurants the menus are a little bit different at each one. For example, some of the restaurants only serve pita bread while others serve pita and laffa, or some serve the pita bread cold and some serve it warm, and then some restaurants don't serve the shakshuka, and then other things like that. Some of them are smaller, some are bigger. Because of that, I think the one that you want to go to, because from my experience, this is definitely the best one out of all of the different hummus bars there are. It's called Hummus Bar October Six. So that one is in the city center. It's in a nice area for shopping, and there's a ton of different restaurants surrounding it as well. It's October with a K. Bear in mind. So if you research, if you search it, this one you can get the laffa, you can get the shakshuka, you can get the pita bread, you can get all of the things that the restaurant has, and it's also I think one of the bigger restaurants because some of them are actually really small. If you're going to go, you want to get a hummus plate with laffa. That's what I'd recommend. And the laffa, they have sesame seeds and za'atar. You can get it with minced meat. You can get it with onions. The shakshuka, you want to get the shakshuka merguez. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's M-E-R-G-U-E-Z. And what that one is, is with Moroccan sausage, That was very tasty. I would avoid the chicken and rice. I thought that was kind of eh there. So I warn you if you happen to get chicken and rice. The last place on the food. This place is called Street Food Caravan Budapest. And this is one of the more cooler areas, I think, for food in Budapest. Because it's an area with a bunch of different food trucks with all different types of food. There's food trucks that serve alcoholic drinks with beer and wine. There are food trucks with burgers and fries. They have vegan burgers. There's a food truck for pizza and pasta. There's one for Mexican food. There's one for Hungarian food. There's one for treadelnicks. If you guys remember from the Prague episode, that's that dessert, but they don't have ice cream with those ones. It's just the tritlenick, which is a little bit disappointing, but what are you going to do? I did warn everyone that ice cream is, the tridelnick with ice cream is only in Prague. So they also have sausages. They have langos, which is a Hungarian fried bread. That's the thing that I was talking about earlier with the sour cream. It's this fried bread and they put a layer of sour cream on top of it and then usually they'll also put the chicken paprika on top of that as well. And that's a really popular thing. You'll see people all over the city. You'll see the tourist with that that meal. I think this is a great place to go to get full for not a lot of money. It's also a great place to go with friends because you can just relax and you can get some drinks if you want, sit around there's seats and little tables everywhere where you can stand or sit. The food's pretty solid, I must say, as well. They also have a Japanese food truck, and I can't remember specifically what it was that they served, but I do remember now that I'm thinking about it, there was a Japanese truck as well not all the trucks take credit cards some of them do so make sure to have cash that's one of the places you want to have cash as well now on to the sites so a quick little geography lesson there's two sides to budapest separated by the danube river one side is called buda the other side is called pest and there's four or five bridges that you can cross to either side If anyone has ever seen Will Smith's YouTube channel you can see him in Budapest and he actually climbs up one of the bridges. It's called the Liberty Bridge. It's a nice turquoise color so he climbs to the top of that in the video which I think is pretty crazy. I don't know if that was a sponsored video where he got permission to do that or if he just said you know screw it let me just climb this bridge but it is something you can climb. I definitely thought about it when I was there. It slopes up and it's doesn't slope that high up so you can literally just like get on top of it and start walking your way up. So I don't recommend doing that, I will say, but definitely check out Will Smith's YouTube channel if you want to see him do that. The Buddha side is where the castle district is, the Buddha Castle District. And so that side is where you get the castle and then Fisherman's Bastion is there as well. Think Bumpy Hills to remember Buddha. So Buddha is the Bumpy Hill side, okay? And then the Pest side, that's the one with the Parliament building. So think Parliament and Pest. Most of your time is going to be spent on the Pest side. All the good restaurants and all the nightlife is on the pest side. The Buddha side is, like I said, it's just the, the castle and fisherman's bastion. It's more of a peaceful, quiet side, but there isn't v- that much to see. Now, the Buddha Castle District, this I thought was the most impressive part of Budapest. It's almost like its own little village. There's restaurants and shops up there. They have a Starbucks, which I went to and chilled in for a few hours, did some work there. Walking around, the whole district is free, so you don't have to pay, and this is where you get to see the views of the Pest side of Budapest. To get up there, there is an elevator-like contraption. I guess you would just call it a lift. And you can pay to take that all the way up. You also are able to walk up. You get a nice little hike up to that. That's what I did. Or I believe you also can take a car up there. So if you want to take a taxi, that's available to you as well. What's in the Buda Castle district, you have Buda Castle, Fisherman's Bastion, and then also the Matthias Church. Buda Castle, contrary to popular belief... And I also made this mistake. I thought it was an actual castle, but it is not. It is just a museum. It does look like a castle from the outside, but when you go inside, it's a museum. And I thought it was underwhelming and not that interesting. It wasn't that much money, if I remember correctly, to walk through the museum. It doesn't take that long. It might take you an hour at the most. There are some cool features to the place. They let you go down into the catacombs, I guess you could say, of the castle, and you can go further and further down which is nice i think you can go two or three floors down from like the ground level and see some interesting things but other than that it wasn't anything special there's some art in there and that's about it so then after you go to the buddha castle you'll basically want to walk out of there and as you walk further into the the castle district that's when you'll hit fisherman's bastion And what that is is just a really nice terrace with the views of the Pest Side, and you get to see the Danube River. There's these little mini restaurants set up along the walls as well where you can sit and get drinks. So you can have a table, and then you can look through these little windows built into the walls and look out on over the rest of budapest it is really beautiful and i think it would be a fun experience i just walked around and like looked at all the different views there's tons of different viewing areas you can go to to see different perspectives for photos if that's what you want of the uh, the danube river and the pest side just amazing i really enjoyed that part of Budapest. And then the Matthias Church, that's right in front of Fisherman's Bastion. It's just a Roman Catholic Church. It's absolutely gorgeous from the outside. If you're on the Pest side looking up to the Buddhist side, you'll see the Matthias Church and you'll see the Fisherman's Bastion. You'll see the castle. It's all a great view to see, to get a photo. Absolutely love that. You can do all three of those things in one day. The only other thing you're gonna to want to do on the Buddha side, they have this other viewing area. If you're on the Pest side, looking at Fisherman's Bastion and the Buddha Castle, to the left of that on the Buddha side is this place called the Gellert Hill, G-E-L-L-E-R-T. What this is, is a hike essentially. And at the very top there is a citadel. So think of like a fortress You can't actually go inside of it. You can just see it from the outside. And then there's a few statues up there as well. People just go up there for the view. You can sit around everywhere. I watched the sunset from up there one of the days. And I think you can also take a car up there. There is no lift or anything for that part on the Buddha side. But definitely recommend that you... Check that out. There is a nice park area as well up there, if I remember correctly. And below that, at the base of the hill, there's the Gellier Hotel. That hotel is where one of the most popular thermal baths is. If you didn't know, Budapest is very well known for its thermal baths. That's one of the highlights of going to Budapest. And the two most popular baths, although there are many different ones to choose from. Gellert is one of the most popular, and then there's another one called Sechenchi, and that is on the pest side of Budapest. Gellert I didn't go to, and I also didn't go to Secheni. I actually didn't go to any thermal baths because I was traveling alone. I didn't really want to go myself because I thought that was kind of weird, and I was also in a period of laziness, so I just didn't end up going to that. The difference between the baths. Secheni which is S-Z-E-C-H-E-N-Y-I. This thermal bath is the largest thermal bath in Europe. It's a lot older than the Gellier baths, and this is the one the locals go to the most, whereas the tourists usually go to the Gellier one. The Sechenyi one is mostly outside. It's really nice on the outside. And then the Gellert ones, they also have baths outside, but they're not as nice. But then the inside with all the different baths and the swimming pools are absolutely gorgeous. In the Gellert one, there is a swimming pool and there's all these different pillars surrounding it. And above the pillars, it's the second level where you can take photos from. And this is a very popular photo that people usually will get. If you look up Gellier Baths, G-E-L-L-E-R-T, you look that up, go to images, that's one of the first photos I'd imagine you'd see is you'll see the swimming pool with these pillars. So it's an absolutely stunning shot. It's a very unique, I think, thing to see. Both baths are similar in price, so there's not really a difference there. Whatever you do, do not go in the afternoon to either of these baths because that is when it's going to be the most crowded. You're going to want to go early in the morning, probably when it opens, so you don't have to deal with a lot of people. It will be a lot more relaxing. If you want more of a local feel, go to the Secheni baths, and if you want the nicer baths, the more modern ones, go to the Gilliert ones. Or you can go to both if you want. Some people do that too. If you have enough time on your trip, that is something you can plan out and it will work out nicely with some of the other things that you can see that are either near the Gellért Baths or the Széchenyi Baths. Reward yourself, life's short, you know? Maybe you've had a tough time at work, rough couple of weeks and it's vacation time, you need to chill out. Just go to both of them, man. You can experience what both have to offer. Now getting into the Pest side of Budapest. Which, remember, Pest side is the Parliament building side. And so the Parliament building is right next to the Danube River. I didn't end up going here. The day I tried to go, they were sold out of English tours. And you have to take a tour to go through the Parliament building. You can't just go on your own. There's specific tours on specific days. And based on that is how you'll know if they have your language available or not. You have to look for tours in English, for example, and they're only going to have them on certain days, so you're going to want to plan out ahead of time. Get your tickets online if you can. Gorgeous building from the outside, another great photo to get if you go on the Buddha side and then take a photo of the Parliament building from there. You can get a really stunning photo. After visiting the Parliament building, what I'd recommend, there's another popular area called the Shoes on the Danube Bank, and what this is When you walk along the riverbank you're going to run into these shoes all set up right on the edge of the the walkway and what this is is a memorial to the Jewish people killed in World War II in Budapest. They were ordered to take their shoes off at the edge of the river and then they were shot and then their bodies fell into the river so that's a memorial commemorating um, that event so you're going to see these shoes. I don't actually remember if they're I'd imagine it's metal and it's welded into the to the floor but I don't I didn't actually try and touch any of them or move it but that is a popular area you're going to see a lot of tourists or just people in general in that area taking photos it's another cool little photo opportunity you can get and that's just a little bit of the background behind why that is there that one's really close to the parliament building so you can do both of those together the next thing you have to see if you're in Budapest St. Stephen's Basilica, this is a Roman Catholic basilica. It's in the city center of Budapest. There's a huge square outside of it. It's beautiful. It's nice. You see people riding bikes all around. There's bike tours, people walking. That's where all the really good restaurants are. That's where that hummus bar that I recommended, it's it's literally right in that square as you like walk down a little bit and you run into it. There's three things you can see at St. Stephen's Basilica. You can see the treasury. You can go inside the Basilica, and then you can also climb up the cupola, which is the center dome of the Basilica, so you can get a view down into the square. Another great photo opportunity. The Basilica is free. The view to the top, I think, is something like $2. It's around there. It's super cheap, and it's a cool walk up. You take an elevator up it, and then you have to walk all the way to the top, and then there's like a viewing area around the dome. And then the treasury, that one I don't recommend. You have to pay for that one as well. That one's super cheap, but it's nothing special. It's really small. And I think I was probably in there for three minutes and then I just left. That one, you just take an elevator up the second floor and you'll go through there. And then it's just, it's really underwhelming. There's nothing really to see. And there's, you know, there's that one person that has to monitor the area. So she's basically just falling asleep. And the look on her face, it was like, oh, a person actually came up here. So I'll on the one hand sure it doesn't take that long so you can see it if you want but I don't think you're missing out if you decide to skip that definitely just go inside the basilica and then climb the cupola because that is a fun experience to have the next thing you need to see is called hero square this is a landmark with the seven chieftains of Magyar and then other important Hungarian national leaders it's in a very impressive landmark. There's six pillars on each side of it and then there's statues in between each with the different figures and then in the center there's this really tall pillar with a statue on top of it and then below that there's other statues surrounding it on like a platform. It's all these figures on chariots and horses and they have their weapons. It's it's really impressive uh sculpting actually. Like I thought it was one of the cooler things that i've seen in europe that one if you want to check out my instagram you can see a photo from that experience because i went there for sunrise because i wanted to get a photo of it all by my lonesome Unfortunately, when I got there, there was this humongous dumpster to the side of the whole square, so I had to take the photo with a dumpster in the background and had to Photoshop it out. I think I did a pretty good job of getting it out of there, but that was just something that almost really ruined the experience for me. And then after that, I decided to go to Starbucks, and that was a really bad day, honestly, because... Let's see, I didn't sleep at all that night. I just stood up all the way through until I had to go in the morning for the sunrise at the Harrow Square because I had a little incident at the hostel I was staying at, little bed bug incident, the only one I've ever had to deal with. So didn't sleep that night. Go to the square. There's a huge dumpster in the middle of it. So there, there's that. And then get the photo, go to Starbucks. I'm tired. And I get there right when it opens. There's no one there. I get a blueberry muffin and a... I think an iced latte i go upstairs to go sit and i put it down to go to the bathroom okay and there's no one there it's just me there's no one up there there was no one on the bottom floor when i got there it was just me and the workers so i go to the bathroom after hearing a door open i don't know what door it was but i just heard a random door open okay and i went to the bathroom And I come back, and I go to my table, and my coffee and my muffin are gone. And I'm just like, what happened? I I thought, well, maybe like the workers saw it up there, and they brought it back down or something. So I go downstairs, and I ask them, hey, did you take my coffee and muffin? Because it's not there. And then I ask them, did you see anyone walk by with it or like leave? And they said no, and they didn't take it or anything, so... Luckily, they were nice enough to give me another coffee for free, but I didn't get my muffin, very unfortunate, because I was looking forward to that muffin. But yeah, I think someone must have stolen it then because I can't think of what else it might have been. If I'm getting really paranoid here, I'm going to I'm going to say that someone was in the woman's bathroom, maybe stayed overnight somehow, secretly stayed overnight and then left it and then stole my coffee and my muffin and peaced out because how else would it have been taken? But I thought to myself, you know what, if you had left your backpack there thinking that it was fine because no one was there and this is something I never do, I never leave any of my stuff anywhere Even if I'm in a Starbucks and I'm staying there for a while and I have to go to the bathroom, I'll bring all my stuff, I'll pick it back up. Even if I'm gonna lose my seat, I'll pick it all up. I'll go to the bathroom and then I'll go sit back down. If I had left my backpack there, I 100% would have had that stolen as well. The person definitely would have taken that too. So that's just a good lesson for people. Never ever leave any of your stuff out of your sight. Always bring it with you, even if it's a pain in the butt, even if it's a hassle, just do it because you don't want your things to be stolen I had thousands of dollars worth of stuff in that backpack it would have been so so unfortunate especially thinking that no one was there right it wasn't even like an opportunity you would think someone could steal something but I always just keep my stuff on me so I was very lucky that that ended up being the case so that's a warning to everyone all right that's the only thing that's ever been stolen from me I've never lost anything else, and that's obviously a great experience to have if you're going to have something stolen from you because coffee and blueberry muffin, as great as it is, not that big of a deal. That's Hero Square. Definitely go to see that. It's great. I sat around on the platform. You can actually climb up a little bit and sit. People were doing that. I saw people climbing it and taking photos and then sitting up there, too. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. I always don't really do things until I see other people doing it, and I think it was okay because there were police that had walked by and they didn't say anything or anything like that. I think maybe looking back on it now, that might be a little bit disrespectful, so just keep that in mind if you see people sitting up on the platforms. Maybe, I guess, depending on how you feel about it, do it or not. Right next to Hero Square, there is this castle, another castle called Vada Hunyad. That's V-A-J-D-A-H-U-N-Y-A-D. This is a castle with a nice little lake on the outside of it. Looks nice from the outside. Other than that, I feel like there's really nothing to see. You can walk through the gates and walk inside. I do think there's a tour, but the castle was so small. It didn't really seem anything special. I think it had to do a lot with agriculture and different things like that. So I didn't think that was really worth seeing to me. So I didn't go inside, but that is an option. Just keep that in mind. You do have to pay for that though. Other than that, you can just walk around the outside of the castle for free. You don't have to pay or anything like that. So instead of going inside the castle, I ended up going to the Budapest Zoo, which was very close by. I know zoos are controversial for a lot of people, but this zoo is different than any I've ever been to. The thing that makes Budapest Zoo so unique is how close you're actually able to get to the animals. A lot of the areas you can walk through, so you're extremely, extremely close to the animals, whether it's giraffes or birds or different, they even have the little rodents and they're like screaming and making noise in these, in these areas, right? And you're walking through like inside and it's just, it's so weird to be that close to all these different types of animals you don't normally see. The highlight for me in the zoo was going to see the monkeys. This is another animal you can get up close and personal to. They have all the monkeys out and about. You are able to feed them as well, which I thought was very unique. I've never seen anything like that. Before, I'm surprised they actually just let people get that close to them. These monkeys, man, there's probably nine of them just chilling around, jumping around everywhere. They walk on the ground, like right next to you, and you can get very close to them. That's the closest I've ever been to a monkey without going to some type of animal sanctuary. That, I think, is why I liked this zoo so much, is because you were able to get so close to the animals, which is something you could never do, at least... In any of the zoos I've ever been and then unless you're in the wild or you're going to a sanctuary you're never going to see these types of animals that close up. So I thought it gave me a great appreciation for the animals and it was a super unique and new experience for me. So check that out if you aren't against zoos. Once again that's a controversial topic. I thought it was one of the highlights personally for my time in Budapest. I really enjoyed that. That is something you can do after going to Hero Square if you so choose. One thing I really screwed the pooch on, I didn't even know this was a thing, so I didn't go there. It's called the Central Market Hall, and what it is is an indoor market where you can get fresh produce, and they have food stands as well. The architecture on the inside is very interesting. I think it's another great photo opportunity. I really wish I had went, but I just didn't even know about it. It is closed on Sunday. Other than that, it's open all week. If I go back to Budapest, that's definitely something I'm going to see. You should definitely check that out. I think that would be a nice thing to see on maybe like a lazy day or something like that. I bet they have great food as well there. Everything from the images that I saw, everything looks really fresh and like a place you should go and see. One of the last two places, this one's popular, didn't go here once again. But I thought I should mention it anyways. It's called the Dahan Street Synagogue. That's D-O-H-A-N-Y. This is a synagogue kind of on the outskirts of the city center a little bit. Like it's it's still pretty close, but it's not in the main city center and i walked past this several times from my hostel but i never i never ended up going to it i tried to go one day with someone from my hostel but it was closed. wasn't something that i was super interested in it does look pretty nice on the inside so if you want to go see that that is an option you do have to pay to go in though the last thing and this is another highlight of budapest so you have your thermal baths and another thing that budapest is very well known for is their ruin bars what can I say about these ruin bars there's so many different bars they all have unique interiors and exteriors it's one of the kind thing that you normally don't see in the nightlife settings in all these different countries that you visit. I went to two of them. One of them I don't remember the name and the other one is called Doboz which is d-o-b-o-z. I went with some people from my hostel and we actually got let in from this girl leading a pub crawl from a different hostel which was very lucky for us because other than that I wouldn't have gotten to experience it. They had a dance floor on the inside and then the building led out for the outside and there's like a sitting area and this is where people would stand around and talk and there's a huge tree in the middle of this room and there was an open roof it almost looked like the ground floor of an apartment building where you have all the different floors and then on each side you have the rooms and it just keeps going up and up that's what it reminded me of as far as the most popular ruin bar it's called zimpla kurt that's s-z-i-m-p-l-a-k-e-r-t I didn't end up going to that one, but that is the most popular one, just so you know. Oh, one other thing I should mention, the Erzsebet Square and Budapest I. Erzsebet is E-R-Z-S-E-B-E-T. This is a square in the city center. It's open grass. There's a lot of different little outside restaurants and then bars set up on one side of it where so you can get drinks and you can get little snacks and then they have a lot of live music there's a bunch of chairs around there's food trucks in some areas as well and then they have this budapest eye which is a ferris wheel to one side of it as well This is a very popular place for young people. You'll see people every single night there just laying out with their friends, talking to each other, drinking. You have the live music in the background. Some people are sitting around watching that. Others are just laying out on the grass. It's a very nice place to go if you just want to chill and maybe get a drink. Just another place that really adds to the whole nightlife atmosphere in Budapest, which makes it so great. The Budapest Eye, that's another great photo opportunity as well. Check that out, definitely. That one's quick. You don't have to commit much, right? You can even walk through it on your way to the different sites throughout Budapest, so you can just see it. I probably walked through there, man, at least 10 different times, so... As far as the pros and cons, what did I like? What didn't I like about Budapest? One of the cheapest places in Europe. And then because it's one of the cheapest for how good the food scene is there, that really just blows my mind. I can't believe for how cheap it is, how great the food is. Because once again, Prague, that's another one where it's pretty cheap. But to me, the food scene, that's like nothing in comparison to Budapest. It's a beautiful city. You have the river and the castle district on top of the hill, so many great photo opportunities. You can walk everywhere if you want. I don't think I took one taxi or bus or train anywhere. I was able to walk everywhere. Great nightlife, lively city. It isn't super crowded and there's a lot less tourists as I mentioned. So that's something that really just gives it a great vibe in terms of like the city overall. It's relaxing. You have the thermal baths in the morning. You can go out at night. Fun place to be. A young city, definitely. And then the views, man. You can get the view from the St. Stephen's Basilica. You can get it up at the Gellert Hill, or you can get it at the uh, Fisherman's Bastion. So there's a lot of different views you can see as well. As far as what I didn't like, I really tried hard to think of something, and it was one of those things again where I was just trying to nitpick at things, and they're not really like good reasons, but. If I had to say anything, it would just be like, nothing wows you like it doesn't. If you go to Rome, for example, how it just takes your breath away, or maybe Spain takes your breath away, right? There's nothing really where you're like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever in Budapest. There's none of that. I think the best thing that I saw was the Fisherman's Bastion and all all that area up there. That's pretty amazing. But other than that, there isn't anything where you're going to be like, nothing's going to rock your socks off. We'll just say it. We'll just put it that way. Tips now. If I was to break up your trip, okay, I'd recommend five days here, five full days. That's what I would say. And if you were to break it up into days, right, day one, I'd go Parliament Building if you can get a tour and St. Stephen's Basilica, okay, that'll put you in the heart of Budapest right away so you can get a feel early on for the city. And it's not something overwhelming where you have to like really commit to anything, you can just do it or not. If you also wanted to throw in the Central Market instead of the Parliament Building, if you couldn't get a tour, or if you want to throw in the Erzsébet Square, because you will probably walk through that on your way to St. Stephen's Basilica, you'll, you'll walk near there. You can do that as well. Day two, I would do the Buddha Castle District. I do Buddha Castle, Fisherman's Bastion, Matthias Church. You can do all three of those, as I mentioned. All three together. They're right next to each other. That would be more of a walking day if you're gonna hike up and back down. So I think that's better to do after your first full day so you can kind of get your bearings and deal with your jet lag a little bit than if you were doing more physical activity your first day. Day three, I'd do a thermal bath, okay? So if you wanna go to Gellier, what you'd wanna do is do that in the morning and then go climb Gellier Hill if you so choose. If you wanna do that, that's more physical activity, obviously, but if you wanna see that, and hike up there, then you can do that together. Or if you want to do the, say, thermal baths, then you can do that in the morning, and then you can go to Hero Square, then you can go see Vada Hunyad Castle if you want, and then you can also go to the zoo if you want. You could do these on separate days as well if you want to do both. That's how it would work out nicely, so that would be day three and then day four if you wanted to go to both baths. If you're not into the whole castle thing or the zoo after Hero Square, right? On both sides of the Hero Square, there are art museums. I didn't go to either of them, but those are available as well. If you want to check that out, that's also something to do because Hero Square is the furthest from the city center. That's the furthest you're going to go. That is the only one where I might not want to walk. Like I personally walked, right? But if you're going to take a car or a taxi to any. Area. It's going to be Heroes Square over there with like the zoo and the castle and then the baths. And then maybe up to the castle district if you don't want to hike up there, then you would take a car there as well. Other than that, you can walk to all these other places. Day five, that just gives you free time to do whatever you want. Maybe there's something else you want to see that I didn't mention, or maybe you just want to chill, throw in the shoes at the Danube River on the Parliament Day if you want, or whenever you're in the buddha castle district if you go back down rune bars you can do any night whenever you're feeling it maybe that's day four you go to those who knows there are a lot of them as i mentioned i think there's probably like 10 that are pretty popular so there is a lot of drinking available to you if that is what you're going to budapest for it definitely is something you can focus on in budapest is the night whole nightlife aspect of it for men, another tip, sorry ladies, but there is a barber shop. I didn't see any women in it getting their hair cut, so I don't know if they're allowed to or not. I know in Europe, a lot of the barber shops are only for men. I don't know if that's like an enforced rule or if it's just understood to be that way, but if you go to this barbershop, it's called Black Sheep barber Shop. okay? $20 haircut, best I've ever had in my life. You choose the barber online, you can pick your time. I really liked the website because you saw all the barbers. They'd say what they're good at. They'd say why they became a barber. It's just them selling themselves to you, essentially, okay? And so who you want to go with, his name is David. He speaks... Really good English. Not all of the barbers there speak English, but this guy David does. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this episode, he still works there. But that's the guy who gave me my haircut. As I said, best I've ever had. I recommended this to two other people I met in a hostel in Romania because they were going to Budapest and needed haircuts. They went, one of the guys I met up again with in Krakow. He was there around the same time I was, so asked him how his haircut was. He really liked it as well, so you can't go wrong there if you need a haircut. It's always tricky trying to get haircuts from people that you're not used to, right, because you don't know if they're going to be good or you don't know if they're going to mess your hair up. I've definitely struggled with that since getting that haircut in Budapest. I haven't had one as good since then, except for the one I just got in Tokyo finally, so it's been almost six months essentially where I went without a good haircut after this one in Budapest so man that really that was really unfortunate the currency is the Hungarian forint f-o-r-i-n-t it's 286 forints for one u.s dollar as I am recording this podcast right now on what is the date? December 16th, 2018. So you know what? Once again, you listen to this in three years and something crazy has happened with the currency. Don't blame me because I will not know. You'll be fine with English. Most of the people I met spoke English. Don't worry about that. I stayed in four hostels and an Airbnb for my three weeks. The Airbnb was Game of Thrones themed, which I really enjoyed. If anyone's a Game of Thrones fan out there, definitely look for that on Airbnb if you're going to stay in an Airbnb when you go. One of the best Airbnbs I've stayed in as well. It is a little bit outside the city center, so that is the only thing that kind of sucks about it. So bear that in mind. If you want to know about hostels, you can message me. Hancock is my Instagram or ConjayHancock@gmail.com is my email message me about the hostels I stayed in I can recommend them to you all of them hostels are super cheap that is another pro I should say to Budapest is that there are so many hostels it's not even funny and all of them are pretty high rated so you have plenty of options they're cheap don't worry about that transportation if you don't want to walk everywhere you have the bus trains trams taxi there's the river taxis as well You can buy a transportation pass. They have ones from one to five days, okay? And it gives you unlimited trips. It's one card per person. I think you get it in the airport. So when you get to Budapest, you can get them there. They are pretty pricey as you go up in days so the five day one for example I think is something like 68 euros or so whatever that is in U.S. dollars I imagine that's almost around 75 U.S. dollars so it is pretty pricey and you won't need to use transportation that much because you can walk everywhere as I mentioned just maybe take a taxi to Heroes Square to see that and the the Seichanchi baths over there or up to the Buda Castle District. Those are the only times, really, where you should use a car unless you're staying in some like extremely far out-of-the-way place in Budapest that's not in the city center. Then you have to worry about it. Other than that, don't worry about it. Another fun little thing for the nightlife, they have these parties on these boats on the Danube River. I would see those going by every so often on some of the days. I don't really know how that works, but keep that in mind. You can go drinking on these boats, and that's a thing, so... There's that as well if you want to experience another unique thing with the nightlife they have there. Other than that, I think that is all I have for you guys. Once again, one of my favorite places I have been. I think it's just so nice in Budapest because you're going to have your Parises, your Romes your Barcelonas, your Madrids, all these places. They're just so magical and different than a lot of countries you go to because of the the rich history and the things you can see that those ones are always going to be your favorites so it's hard to not say Rome is my favorite right or something like that but in a place like Budapest where you're not maybe expecting as much there's so much that it offers you and it's just a very relaxing trip where you get a little bit of everything you get the good food you get variety you don't have to deal with a ton of people you get to see some cool things as well you get to relax get some aspects of of traveling that you wouldn't normally get with the thermal baths and then the nightlife the rune bars so i think overall it's a nice trip Once again, super cheap. Maybe even a great way to start out your travels. It's a good way to step in if you're not gonna, if you're starting to travel, let's say, and you're gonna be traveling throughout Europe, maybe that could be one of the places that you start. I mean, obviously it's kind of far away from the other more popular European countries, but you're not gonna really deal with a language barrier where you're gonna feel like you're totally lost. It's a good place to get your feet wet, I guess, with traveling. And then you can go from there. So that is going to be it for Budapest. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. One thing I'd like, actually, I always say every episode, if you have any questions or anything to email me or send me a message on Instagram, but also if you have any feedback for me as well, that would be very appreciated because I've been thinking a lot lately how i can make these specifically like these travel guides better and i'm wondering if there's things i leave out maybe that would be useful or if i wonder if i'm saying stuff that isn't that useful or you don't care about or like what is really helpful to you so if you want to shoot me a message about that that would be awesome if you are listening i know these travel guides are the more popular episodes of this podcast i can see the numbers going up you people i see you all listening to them so i know you're listening it's just no one's freaking messaged me about anything so i'm always here if anyone has questions about traveling in general or one of the specific countries i have done an episode on like and subscribe to the podcast leave a review that would be awesome i saw two new reviews get Posted, which was awesome. That really made my day the other day. Love seeing new reviews. Wasn't actually able to see what the review was. I don't know what the deal is with the Apple Podcast app, but it it's weird to where you can't see all the reviews, even though it says there's reviews on the podcast. It doesn't show most of them. So I don't know what that's about. I'll have to figure that one out. Monday, I'm going to the fish market in Tokyo, and then Tuesday, I'm going to Disneyland. The fish market is one of the more popular things to do in tokyo so i'll let everyone know how that goes next week am i going to get another episode in before christmas is christmas next weekend it is isn't it or is it christmas eve next weekend So yes, next Monday is Christmas Eve, but there will be another episode. Maybe I'll do a special little Christmas episode for Christmas Eve. We will see for next week. But yes, thank you all again for listening. Hope everyone has a wonderful week. Happy holidays. And hopefully you were all good this year and don't get cold from Santa. I know I was a perfect angel as always, so I'm going to get all the gifts in the world. Probably not. But yes, a happy Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. See you all next week.